think he did. I don't think he did. It's working. So here we go. I think, you, I think you're being a fibber. Time to do the podcast. With Shane and John. With <laughs> Shane and John. That's our new. That's our new intro. Time to do the podcast. With Shane and John. <laughs> and then the yeah. in, the outro is the exact same. Just you know. Just flipped, so it's just yeah. you have listened. <laughs> Time to end the podcast. The podcast. This was Shane With and John. Shane and John. <laughs> God, dude, that's so good. Oh, oh man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So here's the thing. Yep. All right. I had to. Uh, I felt pretty appreciated today because I locked my keys in my car. I don't feel shitty because I locked my keys in my car. I felt shitty because I've done it more than once with this particular vehicle. So you'd think I would learn. What but are you I driving haven't again? Yet. It's like a 1988 Pinto or something. You know what? <laughs> Eat shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> a what? A, what'd you even? Th- okay, a 1988 Pinto. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's it's an Gremlin. 01 Corolla. Oh, one Corolla. Not saying it's much better. I mean, it's you know. You it know, sounds like it's the same. It's 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 pretty much same the car. same, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, but it has manual door locks all around. Okay, no key fob, no nothing special. No like add-on that. features on this car. <clears throat> no, literally none. No. It has a cassette player. Bare bones. Two thousand one. Two thousand one or two thousand two. It's it's either one or it's an O two or an O one. Right. Um. And, uh, yeah, I just, I get in this habit where, you know, my car needs to be locked. So every time I'm in my car, when I open the door to get out, I immediately am pressing the button to lock it so that when I close my door, I'm not having to reopen my door to lock it, which means the second my door closes, if my keys are anywhere inside that car, I'm fucked. Yeah. They're gone. There's no like, oh, whoops. No, there's no, oh, whoops. It's they're in the car forever until someone comes and rescues me. The damsel in distress. Okay. John, you That's know, 20 what years I felt ago, like when this car was built, it was very popular to get one of those little magnetic cases and put it on the underside of your car with a key See, inside. See, here's it. the funny thing. After the first time that I locked my keys in my car, I meant to do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. So here we are. Uh, six months. Post. Round two. Yeah, round two. Now, here's the thing. I was actually replying to your text, which is why I sat in my car for a while, which is why I forgot my keys in my car. Oh, I see. This is my fault now. This is your fault. Oh, okay. Which also, I didn't want to tell you about my keys. I wanted to talk about your traps <laughs> that you had in that picture today. Yeah, yeah. Because your traps... Okay. Shane texts me today. Okay. You show him on your phone, dude. Show him that picture. I, oh, I need to. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, show you. Show, okay, show so Shane texts me today. I, I forgot that I still have the picture that I can like show him. We do okay. have a guest here, and we're going to talk about him in a yeah, minute. Yeah, we are. But okay, so Shane sends me this picture today. No, con- He just sends a video explaining it. <laughs> look how big his traps look. You look like a fucking jacked kangaroo is what you looked like. You know like those kangaroos that are just like yeah, yeah. really swole? Yeah. His 
forearm to his wrist looks really like his wrist looks really small right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Forearm. Doesn't like, my arm really look like small. big? And then it like my wrist gets really small. Yeah, it gets <laughs> really tiny. Small. Yeah, like whatever distortion this is, looking into your back patio door, it's it's like it's glass, it's square glass panels that are probably about a one by one, you know, yeah. squares. Yeah. And the distortion gives Shane this appearance of having the most jacked traps <laughs> I've ever seen on anyone. And the funniest part was, is so I pulled up to my parents' house and I looked and I see this, this picture and I was like, holy shit, those traps are, I was like, what is going on here? And then I see the video, I watched the video. And he I was in the middle of in recording the a video and sending it to you. And so yeah. I was like and walking so, around my back porch and I looked in the mirror I looked in the reflection of the back porch and I was like, what the hell? That makes my traps look enormous for some reason. And I do not work yeah. out. I do not have traps to speak of. So I was like, that's crazy. That looks like literally <laughs> like the end of my shoulder is connected to my ear or something. Like what is happening yeah. here? So I decided to take a picture awesome. of it and send it to John along with the video that I was recording because we record yeah. videos and send them to each other pretty frequently. <laughs> so he looked at the it, picture, well, but he, he didn't watch the video. Yeah, I didn't watch the video. So I was just like, man, he's got some traps, but I don't know why he sent me that picture otherwise, right? Yeah. So then I watched the video, and he explains how he's like, dude, my traps look huge. And I was like, well, that's perfect, because that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So my response was me sitting in my car. And so I was like, well, I got to respond to this right now, because this is hilarious. So I responded to it. Meaning I sat in my car for like two to three minutes with the ignition, you know, with the keys out of the ignition. I set them on the passenger seat and I got out, locked it. I closed my door and it was one of those things where I like, I closed it and I turned around. I was like, fuck, (laughs) I knew exactly what I had done. I was like, I don't have my keys in my hand. And uh, sure enough, I didn't. So I, uh, I, I called this gentleman and uh, he was, he was a very nice lad. (laughs) <laughs> very nice lad and he saved the uh, damsel in distress as i sat there completely helpless um paid him 60 dollars so fucking think i'll learn this time to get a little key box so that i don't lock my keys in my car again well you know i had to do the same thing for my jeep one time but it wasn't because i locked the key in my car it was because i lost the key i couldn't find it anywhere Turns out it was just in a pocket of my work backpack that I had not checked. And I spent $300 to get a new, like, remote key so I could drive my my Jeep again. And then I found it, like, a week later. You also had your Jeep key in the ignition for about a year and a half. It wasn't that long. It was, like, (laughs) nine months. It was a long time, though. Oh, what? Okay. He yeah, left his you, key in the ignition? No, he didn't accidentally leave the key in his ignition. It was... There was a... There's There still is a problem with one aspect of my ignition, where when you put it into park, it doesn't unlock the key to take it out of the ignition. You know, you normally oh. you have to put your car in park before you can take the key out. Right. And when I put it in park, it doesn't do that. Um, and I have to like <laughs> you work push the it. button on the shifter yeah. to get it to work, to get it to lock so I can take my key out. But I didn't know that for a good long while it was just stuck in there and I couldn't get my key out. So I would literally, I had a spare key cause I had paid for one when I lost my key originally, I had a spare key. So I would carry my spare key with me. I would unlock my Jeep, get in. The key is already in the ignition. I would just turn it and start it. 
And then when I would get out, I would just get out, lock the car from the outside with my other remote. And if anybody had ever decided, and for a long time, I would hang a hat from my like windshield wiper, uh, like knob or whatever you call that thing. And the arm, the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off of the steering column. I would hang like a hat so you couldn't see that there was a key in the ignition. So it covered, oh, so or a towel. It. Yeah, or a you, towel. You did a yeah, towel like a for a little while. <laughs> but I remember when we found out, when we tore your dash apart and then finally found out what the problem was. And basically it was one of those things where it was like, well, you don't need the new $400 part. No. You can just kind of do this instead. So that's <laughs> yeah. how it's been for... Bacara won't drive my Jeep because it's like it's too much for her to like work that button to like try to get it to lock up. She's always like, I can't get it to do it. So she just like doesn't drive my Jeep. <laughs> she just refuses to drive it because she refuses. does that. And I'm like, hey, you have a lot of stuff to bring from school. You want to take the Jeep? She's like, no, I can't get it. <laughs> I can't get the key out when I get to my destination. So no, <laughs> like, all right. But yeah, that was uh, that was peak procrastination right there. I was like, ah, it's fine. Uh, well, yeah. I, I took it to the dealership one time, and I talked to a guy for like two minutes, and I was like, hey, it's doing this. Like, can you guys help me? And he was like, yeah, it'll be two hundred and fifty dollars just to diagnose it, and then like whatever the labor is on top of that to like get it fixed. And I was like, dang, <laughs> what the hell? No, no, no. And I just, like, got back in my car and drove away. I was like, no, no, thank you. Goodbye. Not doing that. So then I was like, hey, good buddy John, want to come look at my car with me? And John's the go-to. <laughs> He's the go-to. I mean, I've, there's if he, if been he a couple used times his computer more, him. I would help him with his, his computer problems more often. But he doesn't use it very much. Tell you what, Shane, if I when okay, how about this? When I get a Mac, a MacBook, and Wi-Fi, I will call you endlessly. How about that? <laughs> how does okay. that how does that sound? I would like to think that of the people that you know, that I have probably been low on the list of people who have called you a lot for car help. Like, I try to keep it to a minimum asking you for car help. I feel like I probably have not been one of the higher people on that list that's been like, hey, yo, John, you want to come give me some free labor helping me with my car? I'll, I'll put it to you this way. You're, you're not the, okay. <laughs> I'm not the lowest, there, but I'm not the highest. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. You're not the lowest, you're not the highest. But the thing is, you are kind of high however you're not the person that goes months or even years in some cases without talking to me until you have a car problem right that's not yeah. you but i do have people in my life that uh even family that they they i won't talk to them for three years and then all of a sudden i'll get a phone call and i'm like oh <laughs> and i answer and they're like John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? And then they're like, I'm doing good. Hey, how have things been? They're good, man. How are you? Good. Hey, so I got a, a question about my car. Oh, 
Uh, right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what oh, yeah. that's what you're calling yeah, about. You didn't, you didn't give a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but... Uh, I, I would like yeah. to think that it, if if nothing else, our relationship does not boil down to you being able to provide car services to me. Yeah. Uh, well, and for the same reason that you've also helped me with, you know, computer stuff. Yeah. You know, you've been able to, you know, my, like when my computer blue screened on me for weeks and I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then you fixed it. So I was like, oh, and then you told me what you did and you made it sound like it was super simple and it was <laughs> fucking alien to me but i was like cool it's working so <laughs> yeah yeah it's just you know having unique skill sets that are able to be utilized and then here we are now <laughs> here we are now and then here we are just doing a podcast doing a podcast speaking of podcasts welcome to the whiskey speaking boys podcast of- i'm shane and i'm john and this is the podcast where, you know what? We're winging it. <coughs> but we also thought it out thoroughly beforehand. But also, we yeah. didn't do that. We've, we're just literally figuring it out as we go. And we've had a few drinks. And we're still in yeah. quarantine. Yep. Although... Almost not. John's going back to work pretty quick here. I am. I'm excited. Businesses are starting to open up a little bit here in Tucson. Yeah. Things are starting to go to what we are sort of referring to as the new normal, you know? Businesses are open, but you're still taking precautions. And we decided to kick Kara's ass to the curb. Get her off the podcast. Boom. Nice. Nice having you here. Now get lost. Good good riddance. Good. I'm not going to say good riddance. She... No. She's in the other room. No, what? She's going to come no. in here and give me a the wife look, which you referenced last week. <laughs> it's a real look. It's a, it's, and she does it's it well. very real. But instead of Cara, we have Mr. Christian Wample on the podcast hey. today. How's it going? Thanks for being on the, on the pod. Yeah. Christian's visiting from Marysville, Marysville Washington? Yeah, Marysville, Washington. Where he yes, is sir. a maker of shoes, I'm assuming, because I don't know what his job is. <laughs> no. I think that's all they make there, right? I don't make Is that shoes. all that come from Washington? Shoes. That literally shoes. sounds Where like did this the main profession of Marysville, Washington is like <laughs> yeah. cobbler. Shoes, shoes and gas station sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Both things you could get in no, Marysville. I yeah. don't know what Marysville is known for. But it's definitely I don't. Think well, so what do you shoe- do? What is your job then if you don't make shoes? So, well, before I moved to Marysville, because I've only been in Marysville for like three months now. I was down in Longview, Washington, working the lumber mill. Okay. And then I once I'm I, I left the lumber mill, moved in with my brother, my stepbrother, and now I work at Home Depot as a merchandising. The Met Team. There's Met Team at Home Depot. <laughs> and it's nice. like a little team that basically works for the vendors and they set up the events for like so like when Christmas comes, they they're the ones that set up all the Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah, front, yeah. Apron and all that stuff. And we're we're the ones that have to deal with all the 
we, we're the ones that make sure that everything is clean in the store pretty much too. Are you guys or the like, ones not, that I, I like say if clean. they decide to move something, if they decide to like, you know, move a display or move like a section to another area or something like that, you guys are the ones who do all the moving for that and stuff. Yeah. We yeah, have, exactly. we have, a, we have something like that with Best Buy. It's called project team. You know, they're, they're yeah. always there outside of store hours and they're, you know, they're moving the, this whole set of headphones over to this area and they're switching out the display TVs for new displays and, you know, and stuff like that. They're kind of like the, the, the backbone, the, the undercarriage of the, of the store. Yeah. That's kind of, that's pretty much what we do, but we also work on a, because Home Depot has out of all the aisles, each aisle has like 20 bays. Oh, right. And yeah. We we work off a of phone. Oh. So we have like these little like smartphone things that we work off. Yeah, yeah. And it gives us everything. Like you scan into a bay because each bay has a little sticker that you scan into. And then you, sure. you're like, oh, okay, what do I got to do? And then it gives you everything you need to do in the on the phone. It's like, oh, are all the... Is all the product there? Do you need to pack down anything? So I guess the question would be, what's the best thing about your current situation? Is it living in Marysville, working at Home Depot, or living with your stepbrother? Um, I'd say working. Just because working at Home Depot, I'm actually still working a full-time job. When there, I know that there's a lot of people that aren't working a full-time job, especially yeah. right now with yeah. the whole covid thing yeah it's been it's been really busy at home depot too oh it has we were well especially now we before i left before i came up here or down here to tucson it was we were letting like 90 people in at a time Uh uh-huh and then we just jumped up to like 300 but we're not even making that 300 we're still only getting like 195 people or something wow I don't know if so, they've had those restrictions on our shit here, dude. Because every time have. I drive past Home Depot or Lowe's, the the whole parking lot is packed. Like last weekend on Sunday for Mother's Day, we drove past Lowe's on Speedway and Kolb twice. We drove past there twice, going to my parents' house and then going to her parents' house later, and both times in that day it was the the whole parking lot was full like it seems like they're just like hey sounds like people are doing a lot of projects right now so we're just gonna open the floodgates and let everybody in i don't know i mean it's that's what it seems if they were only letting 90 people in the whole parking lot wouldn't be full right well people the line there i remember we did have a line and obviously they were counting people as they came in and out Yeah, yeah and there was like i remember I, so I start off early in the day, and then I get off at like one thirty. Oh, okay. Nice. So I usually – and it works out for school too. So I get off and I go start school. But anyway, they – I'd leave work, and there would be like a long line of people trying to get into Home Depot. Hmm. So yeah. how was it Walmart today? What's that? There's a long line. Are they – oh, they're counting people. Yeah, they're Walmart. counting people. And then so is Fry's if it got too yeah. high. Yeah, they haven't been doing that at. Uh, we usually go to Albertsons. There's an Albertsons near us, and they haven't been doing that at all. I think they had hmm. set like a thing, like oh, only a hundred people can be in here at a time. But 
I don't think that I've never gone when there's like a line or anything like that. I just walk right in. So I don't think yeah. there's been enough people actually going to the store to have to worry about it. <clears throat> but um, honestly, like, I don't even know, like, I think, Christian, I think you and I have only talked like once or twice before. Yeah, because I, I mean. Like, you were I, living with John I, for a bit, and I remember seeing you. Yeah. Like when I would go over a couple times, but like, I don't even know you guys' relationship. Like, did you guys go to high school together? Yeah. So me and John played football and went to high school together at Saguaro. And then nice. Obviously I left for the Marine Corps right after high school. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I thought I remember so John was... saying that you were in the Marine Corps, but I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Then you were like, I'm working at home Depot. And I was like, Oh, I th- wait, I thought he was in the well, Marine I mean, We also, we, me and John did work at home Depot together too. When we were in high school. Oh no shit! For our, our little part-time job that we had, because that's where he, yeah, you got me hired. Yeah, I helped Depot. him. I helped him get hired. At <laughs> he Home helped Depot. me get my first job, and then <laughs> really? I helped, and then I got Aaron his job at Home yeah, Depot. Yeah, and then I was already gone by the time. And then he like you knew Drake, like a buddy only, of ours, Drake. I only knew Drake right, right. Yeah, through, Home Depot. through Home Depot. But there, but Drake was a guy that. Aaron and I, like Aaron knew him and then I knew him through Aaron, but we were all working at Home Depot at like the same time. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. It, it, was, it was a yeah. cool, like first job. Like, cause I know you, Shane, you, Brennan and Brandon. Yeah. And if, right. It was it we you all, three or maybe like you all worked us, at Best we Buy. We all worked at Best Buy at one point. Yeah. Brandon so, helped like, that's me the f- get the job at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I helped Brennan get the job at Best Buy. But Brennan didn't stick yeah. around for very long. He only worked there yeah. for like a few months because he was still working full-time at Savano too. So he only worked there in the evenings. He would come in and his hair would be all crazy and people would be like, <laughs> that guy's weird. <laughs> yeah. He would just be really pushy about getting people to do like upgrade checks on their phones and stuff. Like, what's your phone number? Nice. Let's find out if you have an upgrade available. They're like, oh, I don't know my phone number. And he'd like take their phone out of their hand and be like, here, look, you can look it up inside the phone. They're <laughs> like, uh, okay. He was just like super pushy. Wow. It was really funny. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's that's I feel like that's how that's that's how it goes. When you're younger, maybe one person gets yeah. in on a job and then if they do a good job, they can be like recommending their friends. And yeah. Certain enough it's just like a whole crew that's working there. Well, I definitely knew quite a few people that I wouldn't recommend, but I didn't have that big of a friend group in high school. Sure. Yeah. We, that was the funny thing with you and I is like, I mean, we went, cause I mean, our routine was the same every day, senior year. Yeah, pretty much. We would, we ended the day, like I was always, I always parked in auto. Um, so I didn't have to worry about the student parking lot my senior year cause I had automotive. So I just parked in automotive every day and then he rode his bike to school. Yeah. I didn't so, have a car. In high yeah. School. He didn't have a car in high school, which I mean, it was fine. Cause what ended up happening was every day I would go to auto at the end of, you know, at the end of six period. And then he would come riding around the corner and he'd throw his bike in my truck. And then we'd go drive to Miller's surplus or wherever we were going. Yeah. And then we'd hang out until I drove him home. Like that was our entire senior year. So and then like that's basic you know we just hung out together you know we just sure we just did that mostly um and then of course it you know we stayed in contact after high school after you know you went to the marine corps yeah and you 
you got deployed to Okinawa. Yeah, Okinawa and then mainland Japan because I stayed like a month in Okinawa, went to mainland, and then four months in mainland at Camp Fuji, and then went back to Okinawa because I only went with a platoon to Fuji. Mm. So, yeah, it was, platoon is a smaller one. Smaller? Yeah. Okay. So, like, my whole company, Charlie Company, went to on deployment. But the rest of them went to, like, Korea and stuff. Oh. And I went with, like, one platoon to Japan. And I got, yeah. And then we went came back to Okinawa for, like, another, the last month before we came back to the States. So, what were you doing when you were there? In in Fuji? Yeah, or, or, or just in, in general, or my deployment. like when you were over in that area. I mean, like you, I know so, there's like we have so many forces in so many countries where like and it's not even like so, wartime stuff, or it's not even like yeah. The re the reason for that is because we're the most forward deployed unit. So if we did get called into action, they're gonna send the mo- the closest unit to that area to that. Oh, whatever the the zone is. So like the goal is just to have you guys close by so that yeah, if they need to call I, you in, you're close. It's not like a 15 yeah. hour thing to get you to. Especially the with the Marine Corps, because a lot of people don't know that uh, with the Marine Corps, it's not what, what, what makes it different from the army and the other branches is we obviously we have our own little air force. Right. We're all ground forces. And then the Navy is the one that carries us around. But what happens is when something happens, the president, if he wants to, he can call in the Marine Corps and we can hold an area or a country for 90 days without the act of Congress. Because technically, to oh, wow. conduct war, or what you want to say? Yeah. Like to be like, hey, we're, we're going to enter this area, you have to have the act of Congress to do that. Right, the right. The president can call in the Marine Corps and be like, hey, I want you to hold this area for 90 days, and the Marine Corps can go do it without Congress being like, yeah. Wow. No, you can't do that. Just like in the event of like something that needs to be done on an emergency basis. But anyway, yeah, so the we were in Japan just for the our six months, and... Uh, yeah, this we did the six months. Each 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 company we have four companies in my battalion: mm-hmm. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, and then each each every six months one de- one company is deployed to Japan, and and then they they split the companies up in platoons to so each platoon gets sent to maybe Korea or whatever, and they do some training sure stuff. So I went to Camp Fuji with 1st Platoon, Charlie Company, and we did just, we did some joint unit training with the Japanese military. Okay. Wow. So like literally where Camp Fuji was is like right across the street from uh, the Japanese infantry school or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're kind of like So we do some joint training. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise... just doing that forward, you're just being a forward unit for the the U.S. military. Sure. And it's not any different than being just a regular everyday job Yeah. for the military. Right, right. Like, whatever we're doing in the United... Like, what we do stateside here in the U.S., 
it's no different than what we're doing over there. Just maybe we're training with more foreign units. Right, right. Right on. Or that I'm in another country. I mean, otherwise, that's that's the only difference, really. Yeah. So you so you were in for for four years doing that. Yeah. So active four years, and then my contract is eight years. A lot of people think that they just that people just serve four years and they're out. Technically, you have most contracts. People have a four four years active and four years non-active. Oh, okay. So you're like still have, non-active right now. I'm actually I, my non-active service is over now. Oh my gosh! Right, because you guys are like so, four years younger than me, and I've been out of school for twelve years now. Not even so, that. Yeah. So I was in. Before I actually went in, so I enlisted when I was 17, and I had my mom and dad actually have to sign permission for me to enlist. Oh, no kidding. Wow. So I had like nine, I think I had like nine or ten months of uh, delayed entry program, and that counts towards your inactive service. Really? Wow. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I only had like three three months or three years and two months of inactive service. Oh, okay. So inactive service is like you have your reserves and those guys, we call them the, the weekend warriors. Cause they, they yeah. go in like a weekend a month and then like two weeks out of the, the summer or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, inactive service. You don't actually have to do anything. You just, it's pretty much like you're out of the military, but if they want to, they can be if like... If they call you back. Yeah, they're like, you're going back. You're going back. And you don't have any choice. But if you don't hear anything, you're not no, responsible no. for anything. I mean, right. I've gotten calls before, and I'm like, oh, what's this? And they're like, hi, I'm Staff Sergeant so-and-so, and I'm wondering... It, or like they're, they're calling to try to get me back into active service or something. Oh, okay. But they're not... Yeah. But you're not under... Or, cha- or change like, of information. They're like, hey... We're just checking up to see if you're still at so and so address, and this is your phone number, and you're like, "Go away." <laughs> I don't yes, want to talk to you. This is me. Leave. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> did it feel like? I mean, I find this kind of stuff interesting, but like, did it feel like a lot of the guys that you were in with were planning on just continuing after those four years of active, just staying active, or like just basically just making a career out of, you know, the Marine Corps or did it feel like a lot of them were saying like, all right, I kind of like have, you know, fulfilled my contract as far as active duty goes. So I'm going to go inactive and I'll just kind of consider whether I want to go active again after those four years are up. Yeah. That's so, I mean, I was kind of like that. I was like, all right. I mean, I knew a lot about the military already before I went in. Cause I grew up like that. Sure. I was like, Oh, I'm going to join the military. And then once I found out what kind of branches there were, and I was like, I want to be the Marine Corps because I want to be. Everybody wants to be the best when they go in the military, so they have this cho- like choice of going whether like special forces or something. And yeah, I was like the Marine Corps to me was the best, so I went to the Marine Corps. But so I was like, all right, I'm I'm either gonna like it or I'm gonna hate it because I've known people that were like, hey, or I I had people in my family, like my uncle Dave and my grandpa and my great grandpa, they were all Marines and from their stories, I could tell like, Hey, I might not like this and I may love it and spend right. 20 years in there and make it a career. But I, I kept that in my mind. Like, Hey, I might just go in and be like, I'm just going to do my four and get out. Sure. But yeah. there's definitely people in there 
like I, I knew guys that you don't think they're going to be in there for very long because they, your first couple of years, that you know you don't really know anything, and then the last couple of years where you're active, is when you start to really know whether you're going to stay in or not. Sure. Like we had guys that were like, oh, I'm I'm not doing this. This life, <laughs> this life sucks. Or there's a lot of, I don't want to say complaining. Yeah. But like you're you're there and. Just like like a regular job, you have your complaints that you do of your sure. regular job, right? Sure. Yeah, you got you yeah, know you, the stuff that like you every day you're like oh, bitch about gotta, a little bit. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's the same thing in the military, right? Because it's not really any different than a regular. It's just a day, day job, job most of the time, right? Except that you, it's different in that it's a combat <laughs> thing, right? You're like I'm. I could die if that's your job. I mean, not everybody's combat in the military, but. Sure. It's a lot of people out. But anyway. But yeah, it's like a regular everyday job sometimes. So but there's definitely people there that you're like, oh, I don't think that guy's gonna be there for very long. And then next you know, you're the one that's getting out and you see that he's still there for another six, seven years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think my my uncle's been in he still works for the for the army now. He worked for the Army National Guard for um, like past like 30 years. I think he joined when he was like 20 and uh, he ended up getting to the point where he was uh, an Apache helicopter pilot. And then he was, he was, um, he just became like an instructor and was doing that. And then they did some like restructuring and like actually got rid of his whole platoon um, or maybe it was his entire company. Like, couple years ago and he became like the safety officer for arizona but um he told me like he was like dude i never expected to like make a career out of this like i just i got in because it felt like the best thing to do at the time and uh i just stuck around and i mean like he ended up making really good money and was like happy with the work that he was doing you know being deployed he got deployed to afghanistan twice I feel like he's been deployed another time as well, but at least he did at least two 18 month tours to Afghanistan where he was, Oh yeah, yeah. He was flying all the time and he was, you know, as he would, as you know, he would put it for civilians. He was busy a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and, the uh, air crews, those air crews are always busy. What's I've that? I noticed that whether helicopters or airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're on the air area, especially at the Marine Corps, I remember. I don't know how it. I'm, I'm guessing it's the same with other branches. But if you're part of the air crews, like helicopters and mm-hmm. planes, those guys are going like all day, every day. They just have different shifts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like. I mean, he. You know, it was always something where like he couldn't really talk about it a lot. You know. Yeah. But like he would, I would get on a call with him. <laughs> And this was back in like, you know, this is like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I'd get on a call with him and, you know, he'd be like, it'd be like a super delay because we're doing a phone call, like all the way to Afghanistan, you know, and, uh, he'd just be like, yeah, I've been, it's been busy, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff like, all right, man. I mean, he's driving, he's flying Apache helicopters. So like, seems like from what he told me at least it was like when he'd come flying in it was like any enemy forces were basically just like running for cover because those <laughs> yeah. apaches are like 
they're doing work. Yeah, those really have like one purpose. <laughs> they're yeah. they're called the Apache attack helicopter for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think it just kind of depends, but maybe for a lot of people they don't know when they go in, they're kind of like, "Hey, I want to I want to do this. I want to either I want to serve or you know, I'm looking for for um you know, an opportunity in my life or whatever it might be, but they don't really know exactly what that's going to turn into. And for some of them, it's like, Hey, I really like this. And I, I enjoy the, the structure of it, or I like, I like the camaraderie or whatever it might be. And I want to make this a career. And for other people, they're like, Hey, that was great for those, that time that I was serving my country. And now I'm going to go get a regular civilian job. And yeah, I've, I've come across, I mean, I'm a little bit this way. I'm not, I wouldn't say completely, but a lot of people get out and they have trouble trying to find work or, or such outside of the military. Sure. Yeah. Like they're like, Oh, like I've, I've met people where they're like, Oh, I, I don't really like being in the military anymore. I kind of want to, I want to get out. can't wait to get out. I can't wait till my four years is up and then they get out and then, I find out later, like I've, I've people that I know, they get back in. Either they go back to the army or like another branch of service, you know, army, air force, right. whatever. Yeah. And and Good. now they're back in because whatever they were trying to do in the civilian world wasn't working for them. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I know there are people who are in the armed forces who are not working in a combat capacity. You know, like they're really just. You know, like there's literally people who are like working as like janitors in the armed oh, yeah, forces and stuff like that. I you mean, know, like th- you have like people who are just working regular day jobs. Like it, they could be working in in the navy, or they could be working in um you know a department store, and it would almost be the same job what they're doing. But like, I think I, I could imagine even especially for people who are working in combat roles in the military going back into civilian life and trying to find something that kind of matches your skill set could be difficult yeah definitely i mean i was i have i had a combat role myself i was a uh i could say amtrak but a lot of people think amtrak is just trains right but in the in the marine corps amtraks are amtraks make the marine corps what it is amphibious so the marine corps is a naval yeah so the marine corps technically isn't its own branch. It is a branch of the military, but it's not its own branch because it's part of the Navy. Yeah, that's what I, I always kind of figured. They they must be part of the Navy just based on yeah, the fact that they're, they're called they're, Marines. It seemed like that. They must be kind the, of like yeah. related to the Navy in some way. They're in the Naval Department. The original job of the Marine Corps, way back when the United States was first born, and even mm-hmm. before the, Mar- the United States was born, there was... They weren't necessarily called Marines, but they were Marine type units throughout history. Sure. And their initial job was to protect the the captain oh, from mutiny okay. of of mutiny on ships. Mm-hmm. So like right the the ship crew decides that their captain's not doing what he's supposed to, so they try to take over the ship from him. Right, right. And then also boarding. So like when Revenue Obviously, they did revolutionary type stuff where they would 
ships would come right up next to each other and try to board each other and take each other down. Well, Marines were there to help prevent that because their job was mainly that combat right. spot. Yeah. And then, obviously, over time, those things changed to now the Marine Corps is an amphibious unit where we... we my job, I was an Amtracker, and our Amtraks, we carry... 21 combat loaded troops mm-hmm. and we we splash basically we're a floating tank wow our we have a 26 ton armor vehicle that jumps off a naval ship and swims to shore huh. and then once we get to shore we have a ramp that we have a little door that opens up and all the little infantry guys jump out of the back and go do their thing and then we support them inland for naval operations oh okay so kind of like um like you'd see it on like um like the you know like my biggest reference is like military movies and stuff but like you have like Mm -hmm. um like movies that are reenacting like d-day and stuff like that where Right. You had those amphibious vehicles that were basically rolling up to the beach and the troops were jumping out of the back to like get up onto the beach, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely different from, so a lot of people think when I say that we would come from ship to shore and drop troops off, a lot of people think of the, the, uh, the, those boats from like Saving Private Ryan. Right where they have the little ramp that drops down and they all got mowed down pretty much. That's but literally what I'm thinking we, of. <laughs> yeah. We weren't boats Not that. though. We're yeah. tanks. Like we can drive on land too. Oh, like we okay. Have tracks like a tank does. And it's completely covered. It's not open. Yeah. That's crazy, and, dude. And our, and our ramp opens on the backside too. So if we pull up on the boat and we start getting shot at, the troops aren't going to get mowed down like they did in Saving Private Ryan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be, like they're protected until they get out and come around the backside of the yeah, and then they gotta then then they're on their own from there. So you were actually <laughs> driving one of those vehicles. Yes, just driving it. Man, that's crazy. Were you driving getting shot it. at, dude? No, I've never. I was never in combat. I didn't. I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, especially with a the as a marine, you're trained to do all this fighting and you're trained to be this this warrior and mm-hmm. then when you get out and you've never been to combat there's like this uh i don't want to say emptiness but like there's this thing that you're like man i feel like i haven't served my purpose right yeah i could see that i mean the marine corps is real brainwashy hmm. like that's one thing that sets them apart from the other branches too is that you get you go into the Marine Corps and they boot camp is longer mm. and they drill into you, into your brain, these things like mainly the history of the Marine Corps is like one big thing they do. Sure. And then they, they just train you up. The Marine Corps is a definitely a cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or it's, it's cult, it's cult like, right. Cause you don't see a lot of guys that like, uh, like people support their branch a lot, right? You'll see sure. Air Force stickers and Army yeah. stickers, but the Marine Corps, those guys will be like, you'll hear someone else is a Marine, and you're like, oh, you're a Marine? Oh, Semper Fi, brother. 
And you'll say, you know, mm-hmm. you see you, guys like that. Have, like I, before I left Washington, there's like this root beer store that I like to go to. Mm-hmm. And they got all these different root beers and sodas that they've come sent in. Sounds badass. But we went yeah. to this root beer store before I, before I came up down to Tucson and the guy that was there working was a Marine. Mm. Right. And we were just taught, you know, we were just BSing bullshit. And then he said something about being a Marine and I was like, Oh, Semper Fi brother. And I was like, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? And he's like, Oh, I was, uh, a flight mechanic or whatever. He worked on helicopters or something. And I was like, Oh, I was Amtrak's at a camp Pendleton. He's like, Oh, but yeah, that's just, it's just like that immediate like camaraderie I'm, with it. Yeah. Just the, it's a different, like, I don't see too many guys that were like in the army or the air force. Like, Oh cool. You know, I was in the army, man, blah, blah, blah. And there's like, yeah, it's just a different, is the Marine Corps smaller than those other branches? Yes, besides the Coast Guard, which we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, the the they, Marine Corps the Marine Corps is the smallest branch. So it's it's kind of like the, that kind of makes sense, right? It's like, you know, there could be just like hundreds of thousands of people like going into the army, stuff like that. But it's a smaller number of people who actually go that, through yeah. boot camp and like get into the Marines and stuff and like become part of the marine corps so it's that's kind of the thing they kind of want to build that sort of camaraderie and kind of that connection between people so that you know you feel that loyalty i mean loyalty is huge yeah. that kind of stuff especially the marine corps i don't there's not too many i don't know what that dude was in the army that you remember seeing that dude in the news i don't remember what his name was but he went like there's a whole story on him. I don't remember what his name was, but you don't really see anything about Marine Corps dudes unless it's like, I don't know, something good. I haven't seen anything bad about Marine Corps dudes. I will say that, uh, I'm, I will often drive behind vehicles that will have a single like army sticker or a single air force sticker. Mm hmm. A fucking Marines behind their vehicle is never just one. St- it's always the license plate, the sticker, the which is cool. I'm you know I'm not, but it's yeah. it is that kind of like I I get that. In fact, I was driving behind one today that had it was it was all you know obviously you could tell his political views right um, obviously and along with that was about ten different things that signified him as a marine yeah. including a giant magnet on the side of his door <laughs> that was just the the yeah. eagle globe and anchor on the side and i and it's funny because i was thinking like man you don't see like air force guys doing that you don't see navy guys doing that few it's and, kind of a it's like a few and far between yeah those it's guys, like a it's like a, a lot of marines you'll find have yeah that kind of stuff that on kind there. of stuff you know <laughs> so you know it's definitely something I, as a civilian, have noticed. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I never understand those people that put all those bumper stickers on the back of their car. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I get, you know, <laughs> you want to rep your stuff, but like, I just don't, I guess I don't really understand, like, like, who are you doing that for exactly? You know, like, are you just doing it for yourself? Or whether well, it's like when you're the fact Marine, that you were in the cult. armed services or the fact that you were in. I mean, like, I could see if I had been in the armed services, I'd put a sticker on my car so that, like, if I got pulled over, the cop 
like was walking up, they'd be like, "Oh, this guy was in the Navy." Uh, so well, he I can tell you right now that being, some level getting of pulled over doesn't help any. or something <laughs> like that. You know, like yeah. whatever. But like, you know, like either putting all your political views on your car or putting just a bunch of stickers that you were in the Marines or something like. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're just like, hey, I want you if you ever have a chance to talk with me, I want you to know that this, these are the things that define me as a person. <laughs> like, yeah, here you go, it is kind of weird. Like it does kind of give off that st- like, and to, I like some people I think do it. Cause it plays into like what, so like if you get this dude with like a lifted diesel, right a lifted diesel truck i mean we can pretty much assume what political affiliation this guy's gonna paste all over his truck but then you get the the light blue prius (laughs) i can guarantee you what political view that person is also gonna have sticker for sure yeah they're gonna coexist yes (laughs) like that's the kind of thing like they they kind of like it's almost like they play into that almost subconsciously yeah like one of my favorite things ever doesn't matter politically, but it was just hilarious. I saw a dude on this. I think the color was teal. I, to be honest, I don't know what teal looks like. It, I just, I'm pretty sure it seemed like a teal color. Sure. I, I think yeah. moped with Bernie Sanders stickers all over. And I was like, well, this just makes sense. I guess I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny. It, I was like, okay. How it was yeah, years how ago. How weird but. that your car choice somehow is also an indication of your political views a lot of the time, or at least yeah. at least the extreme car choices. You know, like if you're driving right. like a little like electric scooter, or you're driving like a Prius, <laughs> you're probably like a pretty heavy liberal. If you're driving yeah. like a big old lifted truck with lifted like truck. with like balls hanging off of the. <laughs> back or don't forget like your that. southern flag like you got your southern oh the southern flag like yeah. yeah yeah you're probably a conservative like it's just a, yeah. it's so funny how those there's just those little characteristics that like differentiate the different like political leanings and stuff but i like, like to be that in between where you're just driving and like no one can tell whether you're left yeah. or right well that's yeah. why i love yeah. driving my car my little my little oat oh one oh two whatever uh red toyota corolla and then you know i you know someone just gets pissed off because i'm driving like a grandma and then they pull up next to me and they're like it's not a grandma not sure wait now i'm confused i'm like ah now they're just confused bitch. yeah right yep. exactly it's like you know like might as well just drive something that makes sense for you and for a lot of us, that just means that you're just poor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just like, hey, my car doesn't say anything about my political affiliation, but it does say something about how much money I have, which is not that much. <laughs> yeah. I just. Yep, that's pretty much. I don't drive like a bad, like shitty car, but I try to like, you know, I don't want it to like look too nice because then. I don't have to worry about people breaking into it or anything. Right, I think we've already yeah, talked about true. that. I left my drum set in there one time, and I was like, ah, it's fine. My car is <laughs> yeah. boring enough oh, that everyone's right. going to be... I put a few dents in the side of my car just so it doesn't look so good. <laughs> I, I left my drum set in the bed of my truck one time. Did you really? 
Yeah. Just I left it overnight. Yeah, in Wait. Rita Ranch. Oh, I, Rita Ranch. Yeah, I, I came home late one time from, I don't know, a gig or whatever. You know, when when we were when I was drumming, and then I had to be at church the next morning, and I was like, I'm not fucking unloading my drum set at 12 a.m. to load it again at 5:30 6 a.m. to go to church. Yeah. So I just left it in there, and I was like, if I come out in the morning and it's gone, then props to the dude that has spent, you know, that had four hours to <laughs> steal a drum set that's not worth that much. Yeah, like, that's what I've always thought, too. I'm like, who's going to steal a drum set, though? Like, it's not like, it's so much work, you know? And like, it, 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 It's not a guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know, pricing? Grab and go. <laughs> yeah, you can get a drum set. And, like, honestly, it would have been the hardware, as you, you know, cymbals. Yeah. yeah. It would have been the throne, the bass pedal, like that kind of stuff. That would have sucked. That adds but up, yeah. As, but like, as far as the shells, I mean, even the heads can. I mean, it all does add up, and it's an expensive thing to get into. But just overall speaking, you're better off stealing a guitar case and and maybe it's got seeing a what's in it, in it, yeah. Than trying to steal an entire drum set that takes up an entire back seat of an SUV. I just imagine like most people who are like randoms who don't know anything about like music stuff if they were like walking past a truck and they saw like a drum set in the back they just i feel like they would just be like i don't know if this is worth anything so i don't know that it's even worth my time to take this right now <laughs> like you know like yeah or like if i had to take one thing what would it be like if i could just take arms fulls of stuff like well, drumsticks are just wood, you know. Like I, you know, I would probably who, just steal the throne because I'm like, oh, I could use this for something else, if anything. I could use this as a seat. Yeah, like this would make a nice stool for my workshop or something if I needed. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh boy. True. Boys, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Over Man, here? I was just gonna say we haven't even talked about the whiskey yet. So yeah. we are drinking um, two things: beer. But the whiskey is the High West Rendezvous Rye, one that we featured with, I believe it was Brandon Hodgson. I don't know what episode that was. But uh, fantastic choice. It's a great rye whiskey. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's a bit higher proof. We're talking 46%, I think. Yeah, that's what it says. Okay. Um, and, then, and then the beers is, is both Dragoon and Santan between the two of us. Uh, so all local beer. Uh, well, you know, Phoenix and... Santan's in Phoenix and Dragoons here in Arizona town. Arizona so. local. Arizona local. Um, so yeah, pretty good. Uh, Shane, what about you? Man, I am. I'm doing the same. Where I'm drinking beer and I'm drinking whiskey. Actually, I finished my second beer, so I don't have any more on hand right here. It's too far away to go into my kitchen and get another one. I suppose if I could figure out a way for you two to chat for a minute, I could go get one. But I think I've probably had enough for the time being. But I was drinking Tower Station IPA, um, which Tower Station is, I believe it's off of Route 66, based on what the can says. Mm -hmm. But yeah, these are tall boys. I've had two of them so far. Feeling pretty good. Uh, super nice. good uh, IPA. And then I'm drinking Bullet Rye, uh, which I've drank. I've had Bullet Bourbon quite a bit, but I've never actually bought Bullet Rye and it's good, man. Bullet just makes good whiskey. I, so part of me wants to, I don't really want to like 
go into another stage of whiskey drinking where I'm I'm like getting really into like expensive whiskeys because these thirty to forty dollar bottles are just so nice to drink. They don't cost that much and they really taste great. So I I kind of just want to stay here forever. I don't really want to go to a point where I'm like spending a bunch of money on whiskey all the time and I'm like Oh yeah, like I could never go back to drinking Bullet because it's you know that's that's cheap whiskey. Like I only drink something that I can't even reference right now because I don't really drink expensive whiskey ever. But that's all I drink ever when I drink whiskey. I, I think I just want to stay in this you know semi cheap range all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about you know, having, you know, having more expensive whiskeys, but drinking more frequently your cheaper whiskey. I mean, that's what I end up doing. Yeah. You know, like I, I enjoy my cheaper whiskey, but I own bottles that are over a hundred dollars or more. Right. I don't drink those a whole lot. One, because that would be expensive as shit if I decided to drink those a lot. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, I, I love, bullet specifically as a as a cheaper whiskey um have you never have you never had bullet rye until right now you know or now that i think about it, it i think i did have it one time and i think it was at the ward davis concert in phoenix i think oh i think man. their well was bullet rye if i remember right it might at have that been. uh what's that place called last exit Last exit up, yep. in, up in Phoenix. Uh, we were at Ward mm-hmm. Davis and I got super trashed. Um, yeah. And I think it yeah, was like $5 were... wells for whiskey shots. And so I just, I had a bunch of them and it was like, I think it was bullet rye, but I didn't really care. You know, <laughs> like I was just yeah drinking a lot. That so. was, man, that was a, that was a good time. That was super fun. I was very drunk. Very drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, drinking it now, um, it's just good, man. Like, it's just it's just good drinking, you know? We've had a few whiskeys over the past couple months during episodes where it felt like, ugh, this is a, this is a little bit hairy to try to drink this with you know, without ice or something like that. And, uh, this is one of those ones that's just easy drinking, just drinking it neat, you know, just tastes good. Neat. Yeah. So, yep. It's good and it's reasonably priced. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Another good whiskey for the whiskey boys podcast. It is good stuff. Another good one. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. So how long are you in town, Christian? Uh, I'm for... I flew in on Friday. I'll be here for 10 days, so I'll leave on the 24th. Oh, nice. Sticking yep, around for a bit. Back to Washington, back yeah. to the the everyday grind. Yeah, right. This the is craziness of Home Depot. This is a weird place to vacation. I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, it, I guess it's... Well, so I'm not really vacationing. I'm kind of here because... There was supposed, my sister is supposed to graduate. I mean, well, technically right. she's graduating, yeah. but with the whole, with this thing, there's not going to be an actual ceremony. 
Right, right. So we're doing our own little thing, and that, and I haven't really seen my family for quite a bit. I'd probably say it's been a couple of years now since I've actually. Wow. A year and a half, maybe, since I've actually come down to see him. Sure. So yeah. Right on. Come so to visit and here to hang out and see everybody and take in the nice dry heat. Yeah, that I've I've not accustomed to anymore. <laughs> well, buckle up, Buttercup, because uh, it's going to be a hot one the next like I kn- well, week and a half. Well, luckily I'm only here for. Yeah, but you just got in yesterday. Yeah, I mean it was hotter the week before I was here, right? Though it was like 105. Yeah, we or got up. Like we got yeah, up over a I... hundred a few days there. That was pretty rough. Yeah, I think anything after like a hundred is just hot. Like it doesn't. I don't know, man. Yeah. I feel like there's a difference. Like whether it's 102 or 107, you walk outside and you're like, 102, you're like, it's hot out here. And then you walk out, it's 107, and you're like, oh my god, it's so hot out here. You know, like there's like a <laughs> there's a difference at least where you're like, oh, this is like it's just varying levels of just disgust at the at the weather. Like you like walk yeah. out and you're like, oh, it's hot. And then, like, you walk out. Once it gets over 90, you, like, walk out, and you're like, oh, it's hot out here today. And then it gets to, like, 99, and you're like, oh, it's hot. And then it gets to, like, 102, and you're like, oh, my God, it's hot out here. And then it gets to, like, 107, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? This is stupid. Like, why do I live here, you know? And then it's, like, 114, and you're like, wow, I didn't know you could be depressed in the summertime, but I very much am right now. I'm just – I am. It's so sunny. There's not a cloud in the sky, and I'm so depressed. Yeah, well, that's like the Jim Gaffigan joke where he says um, he talks about being in Las Vegas, and he's like, "It was 114 degrees in Las Vegas. 114 degrees. Do you realize that 114 degrees, you can hear the sun?" <laughs> and then he just goes, "He goes, I walked out of my hotel room and I just hear," <laughs> and it was like, yeah, "That's that's good. That's yeah, that's, that feels about, accurate. That's about right." I heard someone yeah. describe. I heard a thing where someone described Arizona as like when you open the oven, and the heat just hits you in the face. Yeah, but there's no cookies, so you don't have the, you don't smell cookies. It's just the oven. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just an oven being oven on. on for yeah, no it's like oh, nothing good being. Cooked. I need to open the oven, but some reason it's on. I don't know why. There's nothing in there, though. There's nothing in there. Just the heat hitting me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> My dog was literally like, fuck this shit, I'm out today. Like, we were we were sitting out on the back porch, and I was just, I was like watching something. I was watching like a live stream on YouTube, and I was, you know, checking something on my phone or whatever. I was just hanging out on the back porch trying to get some outside time. And I took the dog always wants to go out when I go out and we were sitting out there for 15, 20 minutes. And then he just started whining at the door. Like he was like, I don't even care that you're out here anymore. I'm, I'm happy to just leave you alone out here. I'm, I want to go inside and drink water and sit in the air conditioning. And literally like I let him in, he ran inside. And then when I finally came in later, he was just laying on the couch, like just in the direct path of the AC, just like, <laughs> Just like hanging out, just like yeah, I don't even care that you were out there by yourself. I I don't feel like I was being left out at all. I'm happy to just be in here. Where it's I'm cold. not going out there. It's too hot. Yeah. You're crazy. I'm staying inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, I was at my parents' house today, and I was swimming, and their one cat is mostly an outdoor cat, 
and he was specifically walking. My parents' backyard is mostly brick and pool. So, and then around their pool is the, is a cool deck. So, but a lot of their backyards brick, which gets hot as shit, obviously. Yeah. So our cat, like I was watching him and you could see, like you could see the wheels in his head turning. Like he was in the shade of something and then he would walk and then quickly just be like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then he'd like get to another (laughs) shaded area. And then he was trying to make his way across the yard by like hitting just like at one point he was walking along the edge of the house like on the little bit of footer that's like by you know and he's right. like walking on that edge because it's shaded and then he'd like step down and be like shit shit like you could see him mm-hmm. like Fuck. i was like dude you're <laughs> you're screwed man you should just go inside <laughs> yep and then he did yeah it's uh it's too hot it gets pretty gross I've been like really trying to get myself back into the habit of getting up early so I can take the dog on a walk before the concrete gets really hot and the asphalt gets really hot. But it's hard. It's hard to do. Cause I'm just glad we don't play football anymore in this heat. Yeah, screw that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was so dumb. Like pads and everything. Especially and, oh. when, when August hit and school started up again and we were like, yep. Out on the field after school, here we come. Because it was like you know you're already working yourself to exhaustion, yeah. You know, and like possibly throwing up. But then you couple it with like the heat and the pads, and like hitting each other all day, so your head hurts anyway because you've just been. God, it was so bad. I remember our water breaks weren't that long either. They'd be like, no. we'd go over to get water, and then they were like, okay, back on the field. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, all right, water break. Damn and then you'd it. Go over, and the second you uh, touch your water bottle. <laughs> Coach would be like, scout team, come like, on, let's go. You're like, oh, uh, damn it. I was just out there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Why did I sign up for this? It's not going to end for four years. You know, I do feel yeah, like that's... there's a certain level of living here where you kind of just have to be like, all right, I'm going to lean into it. You know, like <laughs> you have to be like, yeah, it's it's hot here. This is where I live. It's going to be hot in the summertime while I'm just not going to go outside at all during the summer. It's like, no, like I'm going to try to acclimate my body to being able to handle the heat a little bit. So maybe it'll be okay for me to go out and go for a a long, like a walk or like a run in the middle of the day or in in the afternoon when it's still like pretty, like super hot outside, you know? And if you can like train your body to be okay with that stuff, like, it's can only be good for you, you know, but yeah, like I, I feel like you, you kind of have to do that, you know, instead of just trying to pretend like the heat doesn't exist as you like scurry from your house to your car and like blast the AC there and then like go into like the air conditioned grocery store or office or wherever you're going, um, you know, like kind of accept the fact that like you've, you live in a place where it gets really hot during the summertime and that's just the way it is. And you just gotta, you just kind of got to roll with it, you know? Cause otherwise, like, I feel like, like to me, like I turn my, my thermostat way up when it gets to be like summertime, you know, like I'll bump it all the way up to like, like we have it at like 77 usually, which I feel like is not that hot, but like, 
I could almost see going up to like 80 once it starts getting over 100 degrees all the time. Like going up to like 80 so that it's like like fairly warm in the house all the time. And then it doesn't feel as crazy when you go outside instead of like being like 72 in the house. And it's like, oh, this is nice and frosty. And then you go outside and you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm dying because this is. It's literally 40 degrees hotter outside than it is inside my house right now. Like, I can't handle this, you know? Like, like acclimate a little bit so that you can handle being outside so that you don't have to be like... Yeah, that makes like, sense. We're fortunate to be able to go outside all the time year-round here. Oh, yeah. Right. So I feel like we got to take advantage of it at least a little bit, even though I'm currently yeah. not doing that. I haven't been outside on any kind of walk or run in a couple of weeks now, but you know, Arizona winter is a Washington summer. That's <laughs> yeah. what we, as we always say. Yeah, it really is. Like, like a winter here is still pretty warm and up in Washington. You're like, man, it's hot. <laughs> and then Arizonans are like, dang, I need a sweater. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it can get chilly at night. I mean, it can get down into, like, right. the high 20s sometimes at night in, in Tucson during yeah. the winter. But, like, and sometimes we even get snow every once in a while. Yeah. Last year, I remember last February, uh, it snowed. And it was, like, I was uh, I had a job up in Oro Valley and, uh, like, way up in Oracle. And there was just, like, snow on the ground, just, like, piled up on the ground like all over the place i was like well this is weird it's straight up snowy up here like what is happening right now yeah. um but it but the, the the thing that changes here like we went up to vancouver in february and the difference was like it would get down to like 40 it would get down to like 35 at night here and then by the middle of the day it would be 70 and in Vancouver, it was like 35 at night, and then we get to like 45 during the day. So you just don't like here. It's just that you have these crazy, drastic temperature changes, where like in like I think feel like in more northern climates or whatever, you don't get those like huge temperature sh- swings and stuff. It's probably those clouds. It was probably cloudy up there in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cloudy. They I get mean, a lot that's, of that. That's stuff. that makes a big difference when there's not a lot of clouds like in here in arizona there's not always unless it's like monsoon season then you get all the clouds but those clouds help keep that heat in or whatever right versus when like there's no clouds the temperature will change obviously yeah drastically yeah and they're right on the water too and stuff so oh yeah it's a little more temperate because of that but yeah man what do you guys think? Good to go? I think so. Right on. It's been man. fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Glad, good whiskey. Glad you guys good could beer. have me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Wample, thanks yeah. for being on. Thanks for coming into town just for this podcast. We're that important. Yeah, just <laughs> this. This is the only reason why I came. This thanks. Is it. This is, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All well, yeah. the money we're making. Thank you for being here. And, um, yep. Glad to have you here in Tucson for a little bit. And yeah, I heard about Whiskey Boys and was like, I need to find these guys and be on this podcast. That's right. Yeah, 
And he did it. <laughs> Your one His chance. His dream came true. Yeah, that's right. My one thing off my bucket list. There you <laughs> go. Yes. Yeah. Bucket list item. That's it. Well. All right. Cheers, fellas. Damn. Cheers.